You're listening to another episode of the Just Go Bike Podcast. That's AKA Murph. And that's AP. And this is the podcast where we talk about cycling just for the fun of it. With tales from all over the nation, come for the bikes, stay for the fun, and leave with a smile. Happy Thanksgiving, Murph. I hope Santa brought you everything you wanted. I mean, the great turkey. (laughs) (laughs) Happy Thanksgiving to you. Yay. Yay. So we thought on this episode, we'd talk a little bit about what we're thankful for. Yes. And uh, I did not have the, what did you call it? The turkey? The great turkey. (laughs) Yeah. I did not have the great turkey visit my house, but um, I don't know, like really quick, any Thanksgiving traditions that you are excited for today? Well, as it is now, mid to late morning, I have completed our annual turkey trot out at the, um, we have completed the Legends of the Fall, which is a cross-country run that we do every Thanksgiving morning. And as is tradition, my little brother has won a pie and it is a freezing, uh, but we have to do it because (laughs) it's tradition. Awesome. So yes, I am the same. I do the turkey trot every year here in my town. And at the end of it, we were rewarded with a donut. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, if you're going to eat all day, why not start right at the crack of dawn? That's right. Well, and you exercise, so it makes you feel a little bit more justified in your actions. But (laughs) yeah, and and here's what's funny is after we finish the turkey trot, we all go to there is a um, an actual brewery here in Cedar Rapids and they have a cousin Eddie party. So (laughs) finish the turkey trot, put on my white robe and my, I don't know what the hat's called. The hat that cousin Eddie wears in the movie, uh, national lampoons Christmas vacation. And, Mm -hmm. uh, everyone there was dressed like that. It was hilarious. So, um, (laughs) it was really, really packed. So I didn't actually get a, uh, beer of any sort but oh my god it was so fun and they were passing out cinnamon rolls so i mean let's just let's just do it right today like keep it rolling i mean there's really no better attire for thanksgiving than a robe i think i might (laughs) copy that next year well and it's pretty fun to see you know 50 people wearing white robes and these you know uh, crazy hats goofy hats and some people were walking around with the orange fun noodles to look like it was cousin Eddie just, you know, uh, emptying his RV uh, mm-hmm. bathroom, like in the movie. So anyway, it was really fun. But um, yeah, but as far as like being grateful, I mean, of course, mm-hmm. we have to give a shout out to everyone who's listening to this. Like, we're so grateful that this podcast has continued as long as it has uh, being recognized, you know, when we're out and about. It's just really, really cool. Yeah, and especially hearing from the writers who have actually gained something valuable from this podcast as they get ready for rag ride or other bike rides. Mm -hmm. It just means a lot to hear that from people. Um, And just being able to hopefully contribute something to the community and be a part of the community and um, get to talk bikes all the time. I mean, how? what better? Oh, I agree. I interviewed a guy on um, my podcast, the Morphology Podcast, and he had done... The Great American Rail Trail, which is, you know, mm-hmm. in progress, but it goes from the um, one side of the country to the other side of the country. And he's just chatting about some of the places that he went. And he focused on Iowa and how amazing mm. Iowa was 
he didn't actually say Iowa nice, but he was describing it just like the people mm-hmm. are so great. You know, I stayed, mm-hmm. I utilized an app where other cyclists let you come into their home. I met so many great people. The trail system was amazing. And I'm like, yeah, you know, you're right, sir. You are right. Yeah. And yeah, just to, I mean, some of it's a little annoying where they're always updating the trails in my neighborhood, but then again, they're always updating the trails in my neighborhood. Right. It's incredible. We're about to, Des Moines is about to get a new mountain biking trail, which we'll talk about later. Ooh, I cool. mean, there's just all sorts of different things that uh, are going on in Des Moines and Iowa and the Midwest mm-hmm. where they're adding to the cycling network. They're expanding the cycling network. It's just such a joy to see other people getting into my favorite hobby. Exactly. Yes. And then, of course, we have to say that we're grateful, or I will say I'm grateful for RAGBRAI itself. Um, of course, that means you guys that work there, but more importantly, Yay. the actual event of RAGBRAI that, you know, we're coming up on 50 years, what it's done for the state of Iowa, like all these small communities, like being able to showcase all of that is, I don't know, It's it makes me very happy. Yeah, it's incredible. Um just, I think you could hardly even put a pin in how much it's helped the state and all the little communities and just sort of bringing a lot of Iowans together and uh, with people from all over across the world. Yeah. It's just incredible. Yep. And I but, can tell you firsthand when I rode my bike across the United States, when I wore my Ragbride jersey, there was somebody like every single time I wore it that would have a Ragbride story. Like there was yeah. nobody that was like, what's that? Everyone's all yeah. like, oh, I've done that ride before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I've biked personally with people from Switzerland, Spain, Canada. I mean, all over the whole country. You know, it's just where else would you ever be able to bike with people from, you know, on the other side of the globe? Yeah. So yeah. it's really special. Okay. So speaking of, you know, it's Thanksgiving. Um, we're both probably going to take a nap after this episode and then mm-hmm. get ready for the real meals eating Mm -hmm. all day long. (laughs) But um, how about we give thanks to the actual bicycle? Okay. Oh, okay. Sure. Okay. So my many bicycles. Your many bicycles? Mm -hmm. I give specific thanks to them. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. I have a favorite right now from all of my bicycles, but it changes. Once the snow is really getting deep, you know, I will change out my favorite bike to my fat bike and Blah, 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 blah. But I wanted to hit, like, let's talk. I don't know if listeners really understand the history of the bicycle. Okay. Yeah. So you start. Turn it all the way back. Well, in 2000 BC, they invented the wheel. (laughs) Okay. Maybe not (laughs) that far back. (laughs) All right. All right. All right. I think we're going to start in the 1860s, which is a little bit more recent with the bone shaker. The bone shaker. Yeah. Because it did, it did use rotary cranks and it used pedals and they were mounted to the front wheel hub. So you weren't just pushing yourself along with your own feet. You were actually using a crank and pedaling it. But weird that it was on the front wheel. Yeah. How bizarre is that? I mean, today it seems super bizarre, but that's mm-hmm. the way they made it work. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it came out of England, I believe. And if I'm wrong, sorry, look at Wikipedia. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but um it named the bone shaker because it was so rigid and the wheels had iron bands 
on them and it was a bone shaking experience, which I can only imagine. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I've seen photographs of the bone shaker and it's, you know, an interesting looking bike. I would, I wouldn't mind trying it, you know, to give it a yeah, ride, okay. but maybe not for the bone shaking experience. I would absolutely try it. But yeah, you have to remember that they didn't have just norm, what we consider normal paved roads back then. They'd be like cobblestones or like oh, yeah. flattened dirt, dirt paths. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's, I mean, the roads themselves were not that smooth. So you were already starting behind, but right. yeah. So that's the bone shaker. Okay. So that was 1860s. Then fast forward to the 1870s. And then we had the high wheel bicycle, which a lot of people call the penny farthing. And mm. we should uh, give a shout out to Charlie Harper, yeah. Charlie Harper, who was a master at the high wheel bicycle. Yes, absolutely. He let me ride one one time. It's actually kind of scary to bike. You're like five or six feet in the air. Yeah, I think <laughs> I, have this. A, I have a video of you on that penny farthing and it was yeah. pretty pretty cool. <laughs> I'm like, I don't think I have a fear of heights, but maybe I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think crashing on one of those would be a little interesting. But so anyway, the high wheel bicycle was like an extension of the bone shaker. The front wheel was huge. And that was so that you could go higher speeds. And then the rear wheel became very, very small to make the bike mm -hmm. lighter. And then there was a tiny little step like on the back frame so that you could kind yes. of do a little jumpy jump and get up there but yeah. um it looks very uncomfortable because of the way the steering is but I don't yeah. know if you remember that yeah it's just a little bit different to get used to and I will say there are people that ride these on Ragbri. they apparently make it the whole way so it's modern enough that you can ride it for long distances now the comfort level I can't speak to that right. I only rode it across the parking lot but right <laughs> The seat is certainly not modern. I'll say that. You've got to wear double padded shorts, probably. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. So then we move on another decade to the 1880s and the 1890s, and we get to the safety bicycle. And they call it safety because it has a steerable front wheel and equal size wheels. And then they move that um, chain drive to the back wheel. So it just, it was a little bit more stable, a little bit easier to ride all around and looks nearly modern. I was going to say much closer to what we ride today to have the steerable front wheel. Yeah. And you think that was over a hundred years ago, almost, you know, 120 years ago, it was almost the bicycle that we ride today. Wow. So they really nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Okay. So have you heard of the flying pigeon? <laughs> I've heard of a pigeon. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, you know, your last name is a bird. So I assume that you yeah, would true. know the flying pigeon. No, I'm not. Uh, enlighten me. Okay. So this, now we need to fast forward to the 1960s and 70s. Mm. And the Flying Pigeon became the single most popular mechanized vehicle on the planet. Whoa. I know. I've never even heard of the Flying Pigeon. No. So this uh, bicycle became like a symbol of like the social system that promised you know, not a lot of comfort, but if you had a flying pigeon, you were like, you were hot stuff. You were hot stuff. The flying pigeon came from China and it was the biggest manufacturer over there. They sold 3 million of these bikes in 1986. Whoa. I know. That's and bananas. back then it was a single speed model. Super popular with workers. They use it for a commuter bike. 
and there was a waiting list for several years oh and my gosh. people who did actually purchase it, it it would be like four months wage so i mean it wasn't like wow. a cheap bicycle but it was considered like the must-have of every citizen and wow okay i will tell you this i found this in wikipedia the flying pigeon was one of three must-haves for every citizen what do you think the other two must-haves were uh, food and water. <laughs> food, water, bicycles. Come on. <laughs> they claimed the bicycle was one must-have. The other two must-haves were a sewing machine and a watch. Oh. Yeah. Okay, I could see that. Yeah, I have two out of those three. Oh, you have a sewing machine? <laughs> no, I do not. I do not. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I only have the bike. You got me there. <laughs> Okay, how about women and the bicycle? This is kind of fun. Yeah, I mean, bicycles have made a huge difference in women's lives. Yeah. Basically, since they first started, since women gained access to the bicycle. Um, the biggest impact was back in the 1890s. So going back to the safety bicycles, um, there was a giant bicycle craze that slept the mainly America and Europe, but yeah, yeah. pretty much all across the globe. During this time, bikes gave women an increased amount of independence and mm -hmm. ability to just get out of their backyard, get out of their community, and go wherever they pleased. Yes. Which was, back then, a big deal. Yes, yes. Um, but also a big deal was clothing, right? So mm. if you're on a bicycle and think of the clothing of the 1890s and, like, women's clothing was much different. So they had to yeah. accommodate the bicycle for women. And then also women changed their clothing a little bit. So that's when like the drop bar was kind of created or invented yep. to accommodate women's clothes. And they started doing things like bloomers or a special corset for bicycle riders. So yeah. <laughs> it's it's pretty interesting to think about that. You know, of course, now we're like, you know, as spandexy as possible, but yeah. back then yeah. you were using the bicycle more to, you know, uh, go somewhere, not necessarily as um, exercise. Yeah, it's not the end goal is to ride the bike; it's the way you get there. Yeah, yeah. If I have a little description of what bloomers were like, what a woman was wearing, okay, it would include um, full trousers gathered at the ankle and then worn with a calf length skirt with a fashionable jacket on top. I mean, that's a lot of clothing. <laughs> yes, it is. You like, you, you're really, I hope you're not getting too sweaty because that would be a lot to try to change out. of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But e even then it was better than trying to ride in like, I don't know, whalebone corsets and like oh, gosh. petticoats and like 18 pairs, layers of skirt and things like that. So, um, even though this, it sounds like wearing bloomers was a huge improvement, they were yeah. given mixed approval at the time. Yes, I have a quote from, uh, her name was Elizabeth Stanton. And her mm. quote was, to sum it up, I would say, let women ride. If some prefer the bulky skirts flying in the wind, exhausted in the wheels, let them run the risk of their folly. If <laughs> others prefer bloomers, let them enjoy their choice. If others prefer knickerbockers, leave them in peace. So I'm glad that, you know, at that point in time that women were like, the heck with it. We want to ride the bicycle, too, because it changed society for the future. Yeah, I love that. Uh, if others prefer knickerbockers, leave them in peace. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, and it seems like a lot of this is a personal choice and maybe like depending on your individual community, you know, what the trends were like. But it does allow, regardless, it allowed women to make a little bit more control of their life and just made things a little bit easier, especially when they were in charge of a lot of going to the market or like running errands. You didn't have to do it all on foot or try to deal with a horse and carriage or blah, blah, blah. You were able to just, you and that bike, go get your stuff done. Right. So You know what? Maybe you and I should like bring back the Knickerbockers. (laughs) <laughs> all right we'll do one day a pre-ride in knickerbockers okay all right get get everybody right. to do that yeah yeah i'm gonna okay. have to we'll start working on finding them now yeah yeah all right so to wrap things up like thank you everyone for being a great listener and i'm so thankful that the bicycle was invented because you know that's how we became friends absolutely i'm beyond thankful i mean i don't think i could properly say it in one podcast Uh, how much bikes have changed my life as far as my family, my friends, my podcasts, my, I don't know, my everything, my work life, my traditions, my culture. I mean, it's really just a big piece of who I am in my life. And I'm just super thankful for that. And I'm thankful for all you listeners. And I just hope you have the best Thanksgiving and you eat as much pie as possible today. (laughs) I agree. I'm, I'm excited for the pie, especially since I've already had so much sugar to start the day. So, <laughs> Well, you don't want to crash, so you got to keep it going. Right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so before yeah. we go, um, we're going to have a, a quick segment from Mark from the Iowa Bicycle Coalition. Great. Yeah, I know. Yeah, we neglected to say we're thankful for the Iowa Bicycle Coalition and all yeah. they do to uh, support cyclists across the state and serve as an example for other bicycle coalitions in other states. So. He's going to, Mark is going to give us a legislative update about his hands-free law and some of the things that they're working on with the Bicycle Coalition. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Allison. Thanks, everybody at the Bike Coalition. Yeah. Be back at you next week. Hi everyone, Mark Wyatt with the Iowa Bicycle Coalition. I want to talk about a campaign that we have underway to uh, work on distracted driving in Iowa. Um, we have a we have an effort, a campaign called Drive Safe Iowa, and uh, it's got a website, drivesafeiowa.org. We've launched a petition, and we're encouraging people to go sign that petition and pledge, uh, and in fact, demand. Uh, that the legislature passed legislation requiring drivers to only use cell phones in hands-free or voice-activated mode while driving. Um, We've prioritized this as one of our top priorities to pass in this legislative session. Um, Following a a terrible, tragic case in Charles City, um, where a driver admitted on video to being distracted by a Facebook notification. He hit and killed Ellen Bankston, 28 years old, chemical engineer from Charles City. Smart, smart kid. It's, it's just it's just tragic. He didn't even know he hit a person, 55 mile an hour. Um, and, and she doesn't deserve that. She was just out for a bike ride. She deserves to get home safely. She didn't do anything wrong. I've worked a lot with, with Peter and Joanne Bankston, uh, parents of Ellen, and uh, they're really in to see this change happen in, in for Ellen's sakes because we don't want to have preventable tragedies like this happen ever again. So Iowa legislators have worked on similar legislation during the past several sessions and 
the past committees, they've had bipartisan support, strong support. A new session begins on January 2023, and legislators see a renewed energy to pass the hands-free law. According to the Iowa DOT, there were 1,084 crashes in 2021. That's double the amount of distracted driving crashes that were in 2001. But even worse, fatal crashes have increased 10 times. There were 10 people killed on Iowa's roadways in 2021. This has just got to stop. Bicyclists are, are particularly susceptible to distracted driving, and the consequences are fatal. But it's also not just bicyclists. This affects everybody in in our society. Motorists, farmers, pedestrians, everybody is affected by this. So studies by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration show that states with strong laws regarding distracted driving are making a big difference in states. So far, 47 states, including Iowa, have banned texting while driving. And 16 states have hands-free laws. Iowans who share this belief that we want to see distracted driving end, um, we need to, uh, uh, to give some attention to this. And so we've launched a petition at drivesafeiowa.org uh, that you can go to. Uh, te- or, or if you're not driving, uh, you can text hands-free to 52886 and sign a petition um, letting people know that you support hands-free laws, and you want to see action in the next legislative session. Don't wait this one out, because it's just, it's a terrible tragedy, and it it affects people on bikes a lot more than you might imagine. Um, Go to drivesafeiowa.org and sign the petition. Thanks again, Mark Wyatt, the Iowa Bicycle Coalition. Well, listeners, that is it for this week. We both want to thank you for tuning in to listen to the Just Go Bike podcast. And if you'd like to contact us with a comment about the podcast, or maybe you have a topic in mind, you can reach us at justgobikepodcast at gmail.com, or you can also follow us on social media at Just Go Bike on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast, especially if you're a fan. And if you have any extra time, pop on over to the Morphology Podcast for more bike adventure interviews. All right, that's a wrap. We'll be back next week. Until then, just just go bike. bike!